All right, we doing this show? Do I have what, what? What am I not getting this week? I don't have music. I don't have. Oh. What do I have? COVID. Well, no. we, well, we we don't we don't have a cold open yet. Really. No drop. So you guys need a cold open. You guys need to do some cold open. All right, here's my cold open. Welcome to here's my cold open. Well, uh, <laughs> well <laughs> welcome to month twenty one. Is it month twenty one of this fucking endless nightmare? Well, what month are we up to? Pierce, you're Year good 21. at math. Year Is 21. it 21? 20, well, year 21. Year 21. I feel good, but look at my eyes. Look how glassy my eyes are. I look like I just smoked a joint. Yeah. And did you? Like I, just uh, No, but I have COVID. Right. So this is the COVID episode. of the. It was bound to happen that one of us would record with COVID. Well, let me tell you something. I, I, I tested negative this morning. I ran out of tests. I said, you know, let me just let me just. Be, be extra positive. I don't want to give anybody COVID. I called my friend. I said, yeah, let me get one of those tests that you have. Went to his house, grabbed the test. It was in the mailbox. I got, I got a guy. I got a guy. Um, and I came back home and son of a gun, I tested positive. Those tests are those tests are uh, about 50% reliable. Yeah, but no, no, no. But you I, you could continue to test negative. If it, Once you yes. get a positive, not that I'm a doctor, but I feel like the, the, <laughs> you don't get false positives. Yeah. I took one of those tests the other day to go to somebody's bar mitzvah or whatever. It said I was pregnant. Listen, it's month it's month 21 of this endless nightmare. This uh stage in the game we're calling Omicron. I can't wait to see what comes next. I hope we start growing third eyes or something with the next variant just to spice things up. This one is the one. All right, here's my take on the Omicron variant. Tell me if you agree. This is the variant that tells you who your real friends are and really starts to like change some shit in your life. Because I feel like 99% of the things that you want to do, you could still do it in Omicron COVID in a way that you couldn't in Delta and whatever nightmare came before that, right? So now people are getting out of stuff because they're, quote, nervous, but then you see them doing some other shit and you're like, oh, I see how it is. We're not actually friends. We don't, this, this is over. You're 100%, this is over. 100% right. I don't think I told this story and stop me if I did. I was at an event Prior to Omicron, uh, Patrick O'Shaughnessy had this thing, whatever, whatever. And I, I, I saw uh, an old friend. So was like, yo, what's up, man? Shook his hand. N- now, mind you, no mask. This is prior to Omicron when, when COVID was very tame. And when it was good for you. When it was, yeah. When, and, <laughs> and, and this guy next to my friend, I went to shake his hand because I guess that's what you do. And he gave me the, the pound. All good. No problem. Yeah. No, yeah, it's fine. no problem. Give me the pound. So I was at the bar with Patrick. And Patrick and I were walking. He was going to introduce me to somebody. And this guy who gave me his fist stops Patrick, gives his hand, makes out with him. And I said, dude, what the hell? Literally five minutes ago, you gave me a pound. What I felt, I feel, I honestly, I felt like it was a curb episode. So the guy started laughing. He's like, this totally curb episode. What happened was he goes, when I gave you a fist pound, I just washed my hands and there's hors d'oeuvres. And I I said, all right, I get it. I get it. You know, this thing where everybody gets to choose their own version of what to do and act it like, oh, I can't come to your house uh, for dinner with our four best friends um, because I'm a little nervous right now. And then they're at the Knicks game the next night. What are we doing? Like in general, what are we all doing here? Well, I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm selling my Knicks tickets for 30 cents on the dollar again. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so, any- so anyway, I- I'm-, I'm one of these psychos that is going through with the bar for this year. I don't even want to tell you how much I'm I'm spending on this, and I'm starting to learn like who I really 
consider to be friends and family at this point based on RSVPs and the whole line of bullshit that's accompanying some of these RSVPs. So you, I'm like, first of all, I'm so glad you're not coming. My wife made me invite you. You don't even know my son. So this whole thing's a charade. So this is the best news I've ever heard. And second of all, really? Because I follow you on Instagram. So that's your that's your thing that the reason you can't come? Are you sure about that? So two things. One, just denominate do you denominate the, the bar mitzvah money in, in BTC or ETH? Because that, that makes it a little bit more palatable. But guess what? We have somebody else on the line with us. Like Pierce is we got Pierce here. Yeah, Pierce won't shut up. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Pierce, we, <laughs> I'm P- waiting Pierce, my moment. Wait my moment. Listen, we're so happy to have you, and you are the first remote guest True. we've ever had on right. the compound and friends because the whole point of this, or one of the main points of this, was to like see people person, that we like, hang out, break it out. That's right. I mean, and you and I bumped into each other in Manhattan the other night at, at a bar. <laughs> what, what, what else new? Uh, but like, I haven't feel like I haven't seen you in like two years or whatever it is, and it's like I was really looking forward to this. But we're gonna have fun today, regardless, right? Yeah, agreed, hundred percent. And I'm glad to reconnect with both of you. I think I invited Mike out to another event that we had uh, recently as well. So I feel like we've like is that where he got past, co- is that never- where he got COVID? No, that was months <laughs> no. ago. No, it was months ago. But you know, there's a slow build for that one. But yeah, glad uh, we could do all right. it regardless. Uh, Duncan and John are here. They are also remote. Uh, we need to protect them. They are precious, valuable assets to the compound. So everybody is – every, They're actually not remote. They're in the office, but no one else is there. So that's the same thing as being remote. All right, uh, Duncan, give me, the, give me our music, I think. Is that what we start with? Here it is. Pierce, have you ever heard our theme song? You could yeah, go you, crazy to this. You could freestyle to this. We'll give you like uh, a full three minutes. Uh, this, this reminds me <laughs> of – we're getting into the music late. Yeah, you know in uh in the departed in the departed they start the music like nineteen minutes into the movie. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, you can do like Rolling Stone, Rolling Stone song? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh give, give me shelter. Oh, no, 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 it's Succession's not shelter. Good with that too. It's not, it's not shelter. It's the I'm a sailor maid. Is that what it's is it, are those are the lyrics? Welcome to the compound and friends. All opinions expressed by me. Michael Batnick and our castmates are solely our own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Ritholtz Wealth Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for any investment decisions. Clients of Ritholtz Wealth Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Fundrise. Fundrise makes high-end private market real estate investing effortless and accessible to everyone. Thanks to Fundrise, anyone can invest accredited or not accredited, and you can manage your investments from your phone. Fundrise is the latest example of how technology can harness the power of large populations to disrupt institutions. With more than 1 million users and over $7 billion worth of assets transacted on, Fundrise is already the largest direct-to-investor real estate investor platform, and they're giving individuals the potential upside of an asset class that was mainly reserved for institutions and high net worth individuals for decades. If you want to learn more, go to fundrise.com slash compound. Again, that's fundrise.com slash compound. All right, let's introduce Pierce real quick before we get into our, our, our topics. Um, Pierce is dressed like Cypress Hill. He's got the flannel buttoned up to the top and the black hat with white calligraphy on it. You oh, are this is finest, baby. Look at look at this. Look at this guy. 
Pierce <laughs> is the most influential uh, person this year and last year on finance Tinder. Uh, round of applause, Duncan. Do we have our applause? <laughs> can, can we at least have that? We can't have that. Okay. Pierce, are you still knocking them dead in uh, in 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 single ladies land? Oh. Or you have a, you mentioned a girlfriend? I don't like to hear that. Yeah, what, I don't know. unfortunately, out of the game for for some time. So, uh, un- yeah. unfortunately, unfortunately, <laughs> make sure she game. doesn't listen to this. All <laughs> right, so so Pierce is at Trading View, and tell us we're going to get more into Trading View later on. But for the audience that is not sure of of uh, what you do there or what Trading View is, give us like the thirty second version. The spiel. Yeah, yeah, it's just like advanced charts for the average uh, the the village idiot. No, it's well, just for give me. us more. Yeah. Give us a more? slightly more than that. Uh, 500 people around the world were Fi- 500 were employees. employees. Yeah, yeah. No, okay. users. Yeah, users. Yeah. 500, <laughs> 500 users. users. It's been a long road, but we're going downhill fast. And uh, no, no. So we got about 37 million people using the platform every okay. month. And uh, yeah, I mean, we basically do charts, but we also do analytics, data, literally pretty much any data set you ever wanted. How long um, have you been? How long have you, you know, been there? Trivia. Almost three years. Um, I okay. I graduated from from Stocktwits back in 2018, and uh, yeah, no, it's been fun, dude. Congr- congrats! First of all, congratulations. Uh, a lot of people are coming out of Stocktwits, and in their second, the second version of themselves, they're like finding a lot of success. And I think, oh my god, Stocktwits is a breeding ground for talent. I mean, well, it really you know, is. I'm so funny. It's like PayPal mafia, right? That's like initial fintech, but I mean, dude, like Stock social Twits media mafia, mafia is real. It's yeah, real. it's real. Like, like just a very quick rundown. First of all, I know you're killing it, and we'll talk about why in a little bit. Justin Paterno is the NFT king. The goat. Uh, Phil Perlman is is an Osprey. Uh, the original Godfather. The original Godfather. Howard Lindzen just completely crushed it in life with uh, many of his social leverage investments, including Robinhood. Um, oh, wait, Robin who Hood else? Ian, yeah. Isn't like Ian Rosen doing something that's a big deal? Uh, I don't really know what fintech. Yeah, I don't know some some fintech related. But there's still there's still there's still talent at Stocktwits. Of course, Tommy. No, Trifo. we're making the we're making the point that people come out of there and yeah. they like and they like have yeah. learned a lot. So shout out to Tommy uh, Tranfo. Wasn't yeah. Tranfo with you guys before too? Tommy interned with us. Uh, Where is Tommy? In what? twenty whatever. I don't know. What's Tranfo doing? I love that kid. He's at Stocktwits. Yeah, he's doing. Oh, social he's at Stocktwits. I think yeah. he's something. Oh, yeah. Is something, he like Justin? Yeah. Is he like doing Justin Paterno's old job? Remember Stefan, who's uh, initially Chaplick. Chaplick. Yeah, I love Chaplick. Who's now at Trading View? Oh, all right. So you so you stole him out of Stocktwits? No, no. It's just a matter of time. I mean, just a matter of time. In the game. All right, so <laughs> dude, you're the you're the you're the man, and we're so happy to have you this week. Um, what was the Mike, what was the first thing we wanted to get to? Let me see where we are. Let me just set the record straight. The lyrics are, I'm a sailor peg and I lost my leg. Oh, that's uh, sh- that- shipping out to Boston or yeah, something? Yeah, Dropkick Murphys. Dropkick Murphys. Dropkick Murphys. Drop that's kick classic. Murphys. Oh, no. Very good. That's my Irish All right. roots. I feel like that's Michael's theme song, no? <laughs> big time. Mike, big time. Uh, Michael did this thing. Michael did this thing, Lessons Learned from uh, 2021. and. There was a lot of good stuff in here. The gold not being a real inflation hedge, I think that's the first thing that you used, and that's the most important. Um, what was some of the other stuff in here, Mike, that you feel will probably be relevant to future years and not just specific to 21? Okay. Uh, I think some of the things that's that's evergreen in here are to uh, – how about this? Skeptics sound smart. Optimists make money. 
And that's I feel evergreen. like that's evergreen. It's obviously Oof. emblem. It's obviously emblematic of the times we're live. We live in right. Cause skeptics have their moment in the sun. They look really smart in bear markets, obviously. But I think we can all stipulate that absent this roaring bull market, normally we're not in a depression. Right. And so normally if you just, instead of being like a knee jerk, oh, this is bullshit, which is unfortunately my attitude. If you can be knee jerk curious, that is going to serve you well, even though, a lot of stuff is bullshit. Where do you, Pierce? Where do you stand on that? Like, do you do you? Major I don't curious. feel like. I mean, you, we have so many pessimists. All I mean, like, we live on the financial web all day, right? I mean, you guys see it as much as we do. But anybody who's saying that there could be a huge drawdown at any given moment, you know, there's always like a moment where we have to investigate. We're almost like required to, like, what is this person actually talking about? And if you don't really investigate, you you realize like, oh, actually, no, 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 this happens all the time. But the people that do yeah. this, I mean, it's it's a business. I mean, remember James James Altucher when he was like, oh, like New York is dead. It's never coming back. Yeah. And that was the beginning of the pandemic. And here we are. But people, I mean, that he's made such a business out of being a pessimist. And that's Don't like invest in your 401k. Thing. That was like oh. 2014. Some of, the, you know, some of the worst advice, but he knows it is. <laughs> it's, it's his yeah. shtick and he gets a lot of attention for it because – he, not take, only Mike. does I appreciate that. Not only does he know that never buy a house and never invest in a 401k and never go to college. Not only does he know that that's not true. The thing that he knows that's more important is how outraged everyone else is going to be. Jerry Seinfeld. How, yeah, and how he got Jerry Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld. To him if you have Jerry you know, Seinfeld you're in winning. like the opposite like corner yeah. of you, but I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, that is an all-star like I would have them fight in the ring. Anyway. I don't think most of the pessimists are quite that bombastic where they're looking to trigger that level of response. But I do mm. think it's a business in that um, it does force people to pay attention to you. The more conviction you can deliver that like hyper bearish take. And then what's unfortunate is they're like just regular bears who are not dicks and not trying to scare people. But they get lumped in with people who are just, you know, looking for that attention I think they're like very reasonable pessimists. They're wrong like 99% of the time, but they're not I don't think they mean harm. Uh, and do you think like a investor. like a classic short seller falls into that example? Like somebody no. who's No? No, it's no cause, that's cause, its own thing. That's Yeah, cuz you could be you could be bearish on individual stocks for whatever yeah. reasons, for idiosyncratic mm. reasons, but like I think Josh is talking about the macro bear. Yeah, the person that's bear. always bearish because of Fed, inflation, shadow, st- like whatever, like that bear, you know? The, the newest the go- one is like the tether scam. Do you know about this? Of course. Everybody thinks the unwind's still going to happen. Yeah. So so that there are financial instruments in tether that are going to rip apart the whole financial system? Yeah, like it's based on leverage on top of leverage and they don't actually have the, the totality, the assets, so that if they get even a 10% withdrawal, all of a sudden they're liquid and- and all of a sudden that couldn't be right. Well, is I'm, there any way that that could be right? I'm usually a where there's smoke, there's fire type of guy. Um, but with this, there's so Perma much. Bear. So you mean? Yeah, 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 exactly. With this, there's so much smoke. Zeke Fox, I think, was the, was the person that wrote that really good piece for Bloomberg a couple of months ago. And I feel like this has been out there for at least a year at this point. And if there was substance here, and I'm not an expert, so maybe it could blow up. But I don't know. Uh, anyway, let's get back to the the point of the post was like when you're talk when you're making a list of lessons learned in a given year, most of the time they're not really lessons and they're just a reflection of what's worked over the last twelve months, and that's really dangerous. Mm-hmm. That's what I was getting at. Right, uh, shoe shine indicators are completely dead. Well, I that's think is true. the most that's the most profound thing that you're saying, 
and you're reminding us of your plumber who you talked about on Animal Spirits and on on YouTube. Like, just this like nice guy comes into your house. He sees that you're doing stock shit on the screen, and he starts reeling off all these stocks he's making money in. And traditionally, a normal person that knows market history would look at that and be like, this has to be the end. And what's the market up since then? All right, so two things on that. One is that it was a great indicator in the sense that the stocks that he was trading are now down 90%, or maybe that's a bit aggressive, but, 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 but. He was trading Kathy stocks. Yeah, but, (laughs) but that was July, okay? And the market went up another 55%. After that, so if you the use overall S and P, yeah. Oh my so God. if you use it a macro indicator, you're you're toast. But but forget about that guy. Think about back to when Mila Kunis rotated out of stocks, out of out of cash and into stocks, guys. That was 2013. And think about yeah. uh, all of the shit that we've seen over the years. Mike Tyson launching a crypto, whatever he was launching. Celebrity Ken- venture capitalists, Kenny G, and- remember Acoin? Oh. Joe Theismann. NBA guys in Bitcoin. All right. of this. That's, Aaron Rodgers was doing a venture fund five years. But Silicon Valley, the show. What year was that? Right. That was so, the, the top? That was like 2015. If right. So Maybe earlier. I think, I think one of the things that's different now that makes the shoe shine indicator not useful is just the ease of access to information about markets. Um, it's everywhere. So, of course, people that don't know what they're talking about are talking about stocks. Everyone knows everything. Everyone knows everything. There's no secrets. Yeah. I'm, so, with, I'm with you on that. So, so last one, and then we can move on, is like, I really firmly believe this. Um, there's a huge caveat, obviously, that this is also emblematic of a bull market. But I really, really, really do think in general that experience is overrated, especially the people that think that because they've seen this movie before. I think that's not only overrated. I think that's dangerous. If you have lived through a certain environment, you are like anchored to those formative experiences that you learned in your 20s and 30s. You can't unlearn that. Not every uh, sequel looks like the previous movie. Like, so I think that's actually dangerous. I see everything through the prism of uh, 90, 99, 2000. No, I was going to say I really 90, do. 99. Aren't you a permanent optimist now? Yeah, but I'm saying like whenever I see a lot of enthusiasm for something, Something's whether wrong. it's crypto or NFT, my first thought is how dumb is this going to get? Mm. And then how bad is it going to be when when the bottom drops out? And I, I mean, that does usually happen. So it's not the worst instinct to have. And it's probably kept me out of a lot of dumb stuff, but it's so knee jerk for me because it's just the era that I started investing in. Um, and so like, I always go back to it. It's like, uh, it's like, uh, it, it's like the first thing that I can think of the minute I see a rally in anything. I don't well, know. I also what? think, I also think people are afraid, like deathly afraid of looking like a fool of being yeah. conned of falling. For Although it. not so much anymore. Mm. There's a lot of people that put it all out there now. Depends who, but yeah, they're young. Uh, Pierce, when did you first get involved in stocks? Oh, I mean, I think that I bought my first stock as a freshman in college and more or less. What is that? Going- what is that? 2017? <laughs> 2009, right okay. after the collapse. So okay. it was literally like buying at the bottom and I didn't even know what yeah. the bottom was, but I was just completely ignorant to the whole to the whole situation. Oh, that's interesting. So, but- you, so you start investing and everybody's bearish and everybody's all bearish. stocks do is go up. That's all. So I had, literally had no idea. Yeah. So you I mean, like, I had no idea. with all these people? Like the building is, is on fire and I'm like running straight into it. And I'm like, this is great. You guys, what are you talking about? <laughs> everybody was so it's, pissed off at the time. I remember early Twitter and everybody's like so angry. Early Twitter was bare was, Twitter. I was like, what's wrong with you guys? I'm just buying like Bank of America for $2. It, was, it made no sense. <laughs> Dude, you could not go on Twitter in 2011 
and be like, I think earnings are going to grow next year, and uh, I, I like the market. You, yeah, people yeah. would people Love would the treat valuation. you, Fantastic. you piece of shit. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> right. So you're all right. So you're first starting to invest in that era. Yep. And what you see is a lot of people who have been beaten up and just are now permanently pessimistic. Grizzled. Oh, and all brutal. the market does is go up. Yeah, rallied since then. So that's a really interesting formative experience that that I hadn't really considered before. I mean, basically, when, it, would, it would break my whole psyche if we had a downturn, right? I, I don't even know how to exist outside of that. <laughs> it's been eleven. It's been eleven <laughs> years of up stock, but you've wait, seen some stuff. Wait, hang on. Let's 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 click on this for a second because I hate this idea that. We've been saying for years, oh, the kids haven't seen a bear market. Wait till they see a bear market. As if the people that have seen a bear market know how to navigate. Good Lord. Yeah, as if they know how to navigate a bear market any better. And by the way, they can't navigate a bull market. So what's the difference? But anyway, this idea idea that that we didn't see a bear market uh, 12 months ago, 11 months ago, whatever it was, or I guess eight months ago. We definitely did. From the classic technical terms. Yeah. Yeah, so, So guess what? If you want to throw out 2020 as a bear market that didn't happen, then mm. stop f-ing talking about 1987 forever. Because 2020 was a bear market the same way that 1987 was a bear market. And if you're not going to talk about one, then shut up with the other. Yeah, I was on uh, I was on Closing Bell yesterday after the Fed minutes came out. And the guests, like some of the guests, and I'm not saying they were wrong, but the, like, the big point that everyone kept saying was like um, – there's a whole generation of investors that's never seen a tightening cycle. Me- and I'm like, weren't, wait, weren't rates they going just up in rates. 2018? They just did that. We <laughs> talked what are you talking A whole generation? Like, how many people specifically? 10 million? What like what are we what are we say, what are we saying here that that this generation is gonna screw up their investing because of a rate increase? Um, allow me to jump in. So this is exactly what I'm talking about. I wrote a post in 2017 called Experience is Overrated. And I referenced this in my last piece. This is why this is top of mind. Where there was a, uh, there was an article. In Let me two- guess. Doug Cass did not retweet Stop. this. There was I'm an just ar- guessing. There was an yeah. article in 2015, okay, from Bloomberg and probably everybody else. What will happen to a generation of Wall Street traders who have never seen a rate hike? They'll be fine. They were fine. Guess what? They're all going to get COVID. Just because you've <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just because you've seen a rate height cycle, so what? Doesn't matter. What is that like? So you've you've seen it before. Now you know what the next one is going to be like. Yeah, yeah. There's a generation of traders that have never seen uh, Janet Jackson release new music, yeah, and okay. she has an album coming out. I don't know. Like, how are they gonna? How are they gonna handle this? This is going to be something entirely new for them. I don't even know if they're familiar with her back catalog. Have you done the work? On Janet Jackson, like, do you even understand what's about <laughs> the to happen? Super Bowl, Janet Jackson or a different one? Yeah. So uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying that, like, experience doesn't matter, but I just think the people that say, listen, kid, I've seen this movie before. I've been doing this for 27 years. Give me a break. Yeah, if experience were that important, I'm 24 years in from buying my first stock. Why aren't I managing $80 billion? Why haven't I gotten everything right? I'm doing this more than two decades. So, you've so been of doing course this, that's ridiculous. You've been doing this 24 years, and guess what? Somebody that's been doing this for six weeks is kicking your ass in performance. And yeah, it, un- yeah, it unwound, Absolutely. But give me a break. Absolutely. What do you think about like, less experience is actually even better, Mike? Like, take it a step further. 100%. So I wrote about this uh, in my book. When Stanley Druckenmiller got promoted because – it was, I'm going to make this up. Let's say it was the mid-1980s, uh, maybe a little bit earlier. 
And we were in the beginnings of, a, of an equity bull market and everybody, all of his seniors were so jaded by the 18 year bear market. And they, his, his boss said to him, you were too, too dumb to not run in head first. So I think that youth this is, is an this advantage. Is the, this is the Pierce Crosby story all over again. 100%. Youth is an advantage. Yeah. Uh, in, in the, listen, markets are for young people, right? Like it's a young, it really is a young person's game in many respects. Uh, but like risk, even younger than than I thought. I mean, like nowadays, I'm I'm in like the metaverse. Did I tell you guys that I was in a metaverse party <laughs> on New no. Year's Eve? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're literally exchanging. Oh, NFTs this guy really has. Party. This guy definitely has a girlfriend. <laughs> in the metaverse, yeah, for, for sure. If this that's is, how he spent New Year's Eve. This is a okay. pregame. Sure. Um, but no, literally, uh, I can't even understand what's going on. And I'm I'm 31. You're young. How, how yeah. am I? How am I missing it this massively? But Wait, people are what? trading each other Wait, NFTs you, you at the fucking party can you on explain New Year's this? Eve. In the How metaverse. are you in the metaverse on New Year's Eve? You have some sort of a helmet on, or are you just in a chat room? No, are you, <laughs> no like are so, you in the Facebook metaverse, or are you no, 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 in no. like Vir virtual worlds? Don't Roblox. require like you don't have to have one of the big old things. I mean, you I could, get it. You could be in the metaverse right now. It's sexier um, if you have one, though. I'm just saying. It is. It is. Okay. It is. And then like All people right. can make fun of you because you can't even see them, but. Right. No, but so so you're in a you're on a platform online. I love online. how we're calling ch we're calling chat rooms, which were the original internet, the metaverse. Yeah. Now, yeah. you mean you were talking to strangers in a chat room? In a it's chat room. That's exactly. amazing. It's mind blowing. Fantastic. All right. So, you, so you're in the metaverse, and people are buying and selling each other's useless bullshit. Yeah. Using While crypto, which is really convenient. Super convenient. Yeah, I can't. The future is just blowing me away. Like how amazing everything is. Um, I can't even keep up. <laughs> let's do some predictions. What's one thing that you feel very confident about for 2022? Michael wrote 10 of them, but I want to hear Pierce's first. What do you got? High level. Um, well, I mean, I think that high level, we're going to become the biggest platform in the world. I mean, that's 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 what I wrote. That was my first take. That was the hottest Trading take view. that I had. Yeah. Trading yeah. View. Dude, okay. this, this blew me away. You dropped a link to the biggest financial websites. Coin market cap is number one. That's not a giant shock. And just for some context, before I get to where TradingView is, mm. you've you've got uh, Investopedia, which is a monster at number nine, Huge. Uh, Yahoo Finance at number ten, uh, Fidelity at number six. By the way, what the fuck is PooCoin at number five? What is that? <laughs> is that a, what is PooCoin? I don't want to ask. It's, it's like oh, you could yeah, you could literally see the screen. It's it's uh it's We're in the metaverse. Like We're a huge metaverse. crypto the huge crypto aggregator. So they have like data from all over the world. And then I think you can trade through it too. Yeah. Okay, whatever. Um number two that's is That's like when that's like when somebody's like the number one rap album in the country this week is Lil Pump. And you're like, <laughs> No, it's not. And they're like, No, look, here's the data. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Okay, take that data and throw it out because it's from a ridiculous source or it's yeah. being counted in a bizarre way. Like that true, is true. obviously not. Yeah, that that list that list is missing some some pieces for sure. But yeah, okay. So speaking, anyway, we anyway, do run quite quite close. Number sure. two is TradeView, dude. This blew my mind. I I knew that you guys were big, given the fact that you raised you just raised money. Was Tiger the lead at a three billion Tiger. valuation? Tiger came in uh, a two hundred ninety eight million dollar investment for a three billion dollar valuation. Six. What's the, what's the all right? So Pierce, so it's it's. It's a huge platform. Would you tell me 37 million uh, users? Is that yeah. the number? Yep. Okay. What do you count as a user? Somebody that shows up at least once a month and is active? Yeah. It's like a they're monthly using, active they're user. They're using the site. They're looking at the charts. I'm a, but a lot I'm, of these guys are daily, right? I, I'm, a daily, I'm a daily. No, no. Daily active's got to be smaller for sure. I'm a daily active user. Michael's a daily active. All right. 
so you're giving people access to charts and what analytics or more because I know they're also talking to each other on the platform too, right? Yeah, I mean, How there's some social that? components, but it's really not a focus. It's kind of just like a troll box. I mean, every platform in general has to have a troll box these days. Like, if you don't, right. what are you even doing? I mean, most of it is charting, but uh, we have web analytics. We have data sets from every asset class you can imagine. I mean, we, we pull uh, data from 130 exchanges. And so if you want wow. the Malaysian Stock Exchange in real time, we'll give that to you. Actually, we'll do it for free. In a lot of cases, we're we're actually going out and like doing the hard work of getting these exchange relationships in place. Um, how did trading view? How did trading view get this big? Because I'm guessing a lot of our listeners are not familiar with it at not all. Not even familiar, right? Shout to Reynolds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so did Barry, crazy story. Can there's we, a rumor that Barry Reynolds did this whole thing. They did TechStars in Chicago in 2012. Trading view did, and uh, I guess that Stan, who is the original COO. Um, and I came to help him out and basically help, uh, you know, build out the the scale that he really wanted. Um, but he sent a link to Barry. He's like, hey, listen, we're doing this thing. It's brand new. We have some cool charts and you can get market data. It's all on the web. You don't have to download anything, blah, blah, blah. So doesn't even think about it, you know, kind of goes out the other ear. Um, a month later, Barry writes a blog post. I think it's like two paragraphs. It's tiny. And he's like, hey, check out this sweet new website I found. It's a brand new way to look at data. All of a sudden, like their traffic goes like, boom, in the first 10,000 customers um, from TradingView were basically people that Barry just told to go check out the site. It's crazy. Wow. Crazy. That's really unbelievable. So that was the starting point. Earlier. That's, now, that's now tens of millions of people. Yeah. And I think the thing is, is what people don't understand is that, you know, while in the U.S., there's an extremely so, competitive market. But wait, market, let's, right? ba- let's, let's back up. So what is our equity stake in TradingView now? I forgot. <laughs> and where are, my, where are our certificates? Where, are the where, where can I log zero. in and find those? I Point zero. 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 I mean, if, if Barry ever needed anything, I think the TradingView would have his back. F- fair enough. That's, that's, yeah. that's, 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 that's solid. All right. So, so TradingView is, is providing high-level charts. Who are these active users? I know they're all over the world. What are they trying to do? Are they mostly very active traders or not necessarily? Well, I think, yeah, most of them are traders. I mean, we're, right. we're definitely looking at, you know, how to educate people that are kind of more just buy and holds. But, you know, I mean, imagine Brazil is a good example just because it's such a big market for us. Before TradingView, there was no product. It doesn't exist. I mean, like, how do you even get market data? People don't have Bloomberg's. Yahoo Finance doesn't really have a business down there. Um, and all of a sudden, we have all the market data from B3 and the major exchanges. And um, so it's a, it's a light bulb moment. It, it was literally like from zero to the number one platform for these people. Is, kind Brazil, of like one of your largest, is Brazil one of your largest geographies? Yeah. Brazil, okay. Turkey, India, Japan, um, China in general. Um, are you guys, are you guys are like Bloomberg in these markets or Bloomberg Light in these markets? So I know you're not charging think, when Bloomberg's charging. No, I mean, I bet you Bloomberg, I mean, Bloomberg still has an, a strong foothold in all these markets too, but, you know, they're going after an audience hedge, that's looking hedge to fund, trade like managers. rates yeah. and whatever swaps and stuff like that. These people are trying to buy literally just a stock, like, you know, the most over-the-counter things you could possibly get. And right, right now, I mean, even in India today, stockbroking is still broken. Like, there's people on the phones all day, every day. Asking you, you know, do you want to buy this this OTC that you know I'm, I'm selling? You know, that's you know. my backup plan, right? <laughs> like if <laughs> this shit India? doesn't work out, I'm gonna go be a well. Cold let's go to Mongolia. I think Mongolian. That's that's the new new. We Can you get, imagine like, me in Mongolia with a stack of uh, Dun and Bradstreet 
business owner leads. You're done. Just I mean, go retire. Just, just retire immediately. Just Josh, going to town. What's I, your, I would crush it. Let me hear your your prediction. Your your most fun, maybe most. Uh, what what am I looking for? My brain is broken. Most out there, controversial. Oh my god, that's what I was. Like. Most controversial uh, prediction for 2022. Give us all these. What what are the rest? Well, I'll just give you one that I. I don't need to talk about all these. What? Wait, wait. Pierce's though. Oh, Pierce. Oh, a lot here. Oh, go ahead. Well, the one I thought was great for for to bring it back to to summers when they sold the Shkreli album to the anonymous buyer. So, if we could get that back this year, the or at least know the who the album. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it. I don't think it's going to be any good. You think it's I'll ever going to come out? I don't think it's going to be good. That was not a prediction. My prediction is that we'll figure out who actually bought it. By the time we know, we know it's Griffin, right? He's just doing shit to piss people off. <laughs> he might drop that on his birthday and let us hear like one song. <laughs> So uh, I wouldn't be shocked. You also have Stripe going public, the biggest IPO since Alibaba. Good What's call. the latest? All right. All of the comps on Wall Street that are public are 40% off their highs. Mm-hmm. So what's the latest talk on Stripe pricing? Do they, I, I feel like they might have missed the window. I could be wrong. They, no, no. I, I mean, know. I think in terms of the window, every single book runner is trying to get this deal. And I think I think that the... The, the street's actually saying that there might be just a direct listing, yes, um, gonna, yeah, which would make a lot of sense, right? Yep. Um, they don't, if but, they don't need the money, then then that would make sense. Yeah, they don't need to raise any more than they have to. But, but I mean, the reason I think it's really interesting and they still want to do it, and there's an appetite for them to do it, is that they want they want to go global. And they're so big here, but overseas, there's players that are just like coming out of nowhere and all of a sudden they're forces and behemoths. And so Stripe realizes that they have to do it now because they need more cash to be able to expand overseas. And so the the best way to do that is to do, you know, issuances and offerings in the public markets. Well, right. If let's say you do a direct listing, you're not raising any money, but instantly you have a currency that you can then use to make acquisitions. They raised two point two billion dollars in private markets so far. Which is not a lot. It's not it's not much. Right. The other reason to do a uh, direct listing is you can, if you're an insider or your big shareholders for that matter, are unrestricted. It could sell the first day you go public, which is a very attractive sure. selling point if your shareholder base has been sitting there for eight years. Like, I want out. I want liquidity. That's yeah, a way to the get them into liquidity. Want a way to the exit for sure. But I mean, the thing is, is there's so much more pent up demand for this offering that. You know, the $2.2 billion or whatever Mike said, I mean, that's got to be a rounding error compared to, you know, what does Franklin Templeton want to put in or, right. you know, uh, Fidelity or State Street? I mean, to put these into this, index funds, too. This is supposed to happen in Q. This is supposed to happen in Q1. Is that what people I are saying? I didn't get the exact date. I mean, I don't know. Uh, it's a bold prediction. A- it's a, it's yeah. a bold prediction. <laughs> <laughs> I think the S1 is filed. It's a very bold prediction. Um, you have. One major G20 accepts crypto as legal tender, not El Salvador. They're not in the G20. Uh, if, you had to, if you had to guess which country is ballsy enough to even be Get actively discussing that, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's got to be, I would probably say. One of the shitty countries in Europe that like barely has an economy, maybe. Yeah. I mean, Germany is so far ahead in their payment systems. That at some point in time they have to realize that making this all digital makes a lot of sense. And I'm then, gonna I'm gonna guess Indonesia if I had to pick one. Is that G20? Is that a G20? Yes, I, it is. It's got to be right. I only huge. know that I only know that because I'm googling it. Fair enough. Is is Nigeria G20? No, no, they, no, 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 no. 
G20 you know it's one of the like biggest the, economies in the world. They're like top top ten top, economies. Yeah. We've do got that, do Argent- that calculation. X oil. Tell me. Tell me where they stand. Um, last one. Democrats lose the House. I agree with you. Yes. Yep. Pelosi retires. Uh, sure. Is that wild? Pro- Pelosi retires. No, I think I think that's a good I think that's a good prediction. I think um, it's a great thing for for the market overall. If the Democrats lose the House, then a lot of the concerns about tax rates and corporate taxes and stuff go away immediately. They almost don't seem to matter right now. Even I was going to say, uh, when's the last time we heard about that? I guess there's so much other shit going on. It's all Fed right now. Well, you're not because Manchin is a Republican is sit, sitting in the the clothes of a Democrat. So we already have gridlock, and this would just make it that much worse um, if they lose the House too. Yeah, because so, it means lame duck. I mean, more or less, right? So yeah, I mean, he this guy started as a lame duck. All right, uh, record M and A year. What do you what do you uh, what do you do with that as an investor? I agree with you. Like, there are too many companies now. We went from not enough to way too many. So what do you do with that as an investor? Would, like, is, is any part of your strategy at all involved in trying to identify companies that can get bought? Or that's too tough of a game to play as a trader? Well, I think the biggest difference is people that have cash flow versus people that have, like, a good brand. And good brands have insane balance sheets, but they don't have cash flow. Then you have old, old brands that have steady cash flow that have no brand rep. And so what I'm thinking really is that they're going to even, they're going to look for dance partners or the other way around. So but, like, like Robin Hood will acquire Campbell soup. Oof. No, Robin Hood is, a, is fell to like a $12 billion market cap this morning. Yeah. They don't even have the uh, I just, I, I actually bought it. I can't believe I did that. No, but like, you but, know, the new generation, like SaaS companies that have like a 30X, 40X multiple are going to need to prove cash flow. And at some point in time, those multiples need to meet a reality. And there's like a stodgy old business that Cisco spun off, you know, five years ago that's sitting around and has a ton of cash. And and why not? It's opportunity. I think that's a good call. Record m is a good call. So I think there's going to be a lot of people taking flyers on some of these beaten up uh, high growth names just for a maybe oh, like a Like myself? Takeout. Oh my God. Well, how much, like is Pel- like everyone. how much is Peloton worth now? 10 billion? Could, Ni- could Nike buy it without even thinking twice? That's a great could one. A- could totally. Apple buy it? I know Apple was, doesn't buy it. How is Nike not just like assuming a position already? Like it, it seems almost like disingenuous. Peloton's, ele- Peloton's $11 billion. Let's say they never add another user again. But they keep eighty percent of what they have, paying subscriptions and hopping on the bike. If every instructor is wearing head to toe Nike, and Nike can advertise in between sessions or at the beginning or the end of a session, they can advertise whatever their newest drop is. So isn't that isn't that a isn't that a no brainer? What's eleven billion dollars? That's like Kanye West's net worth, <laughs> right? Like that. It seems obvious that at a certain point, that stock should stop falling unless you think it's completely going away. Um, so I do think we'll see a lot of deals like that. I, I think I agree with you. Uh, yeah. Michael, what's your prediction for, let's go through some of yours. Uh, let's just do one. I feel like this is a sort what's your of best one. Um, right off the top of my head, I'm going to say large value outperforms large growth by 20%. Hmm. That would, that would almost change the indices. Wouldn't it? Like the, the market cap weighting of the S and P if that happened. Um, it would, uh, well, yeah, certainly. Um, all right. What, 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 what did I say this, this number did? How many years in a row has large growth outperforms? Every year since 2015? I can't remember exactly. Yeah. It's got to be close. Yeah. If you look, look at a ratio chart of Berkshire divided by ARC, it's going yeah. vertical. So I feel like if, wow. if, it, if it was ever going to happen, this is the year, given um, 
interest rates are going to be rising. Well, interest rates are rising. Going, they're at the highest level in over a year. Um, uh, I think the shift to, from from growth to value is is, is real this year. If that happens, it's going to be tough to have an overweight Fang portfolio. Just look at what's working, like financials, industrials, energy, materials. All of the cyclical names look really good. And a lot of the large growth, specifically like the high multiple large growth, like the Kathy Wood names, look look awful. So I don't know. I'm not Nike's like betting quarterly on it, revenue, but... by the way, is $11 billion. Right. Quarterly. Yeah. Right. So... So they can use they can use stock basically and and buy Peloton the stock Nike would probably go up on that news, like and and a lot of Peloton shareholders would probably be relieved. Um, so what cyclicals, Mike? What would you say? Which ones? I don't know yeah. which ones, but look at industrials. Like look at look at Caterpillar. Caterpillar's ripping. Uh, I know these are materials, but Alcoa looks looks still looks good. Uh, Berkshire Hathaway might, I think, is leading. Is, Holy is leading shit! This Look year. at regional banks. <laughs> yep. Like literally, pull up, pull up KRE. Yeah, yeah. Uh, UPS hanging high. FedEx is is all right. Um, so yeah, I think this could be the year. Wow. This what are you saying, loud to regional banks? What? Look at regional banks. This is the Riffing. thing that. All this is highs? the thing. This is the thing that like half the professional market participants have been waiting for for a long time. This is their window. And this is the year they started the to picker. see it. They started to see it the last six months of this year. Yo, pull up a chart of ExxonMobil. This thing is trading like they just uh, got FDA approval for a vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> and then, for example, look at look at Amazon. Amazon's been trading like crap for a long time. Netflix looks awful. Google, whatever, hanging up there. Microsoft hanging up there. Apple hanging up there. Oh, my God. You, M- Mike, you posted a chart to Slack today of the day Zoom was worth more than uh, Exxon. What di- what day was that? It was, that, Feb- it was February. So that's February what Jay- of 21. So that's that was quite a moment. Reversed, right? that's, JC, that's what JC's right about, about like peak, opt- peak optimism there. So in, in 2020, now keep in mind, Standard Oil, 1870, right? That's what Exxon Mobil is. Zoom went public in 2019, and it was, it was uh, when it went public. Exxon was 21 times bigger, 21 times bigger, and then just one year later, for a brief moment in time, Zoom had a bigger market cap than Exxon Mobil. Fast forward, uh, we're eight months removed from the top, and Exxon is now five and a half times larger. So uh, all is right in the world again, and still has <laughs> and still has plenty of room to to keep getting larger. Uh, what do, but but what do, but but like there's 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 no reason why these growth stocks can't go a lot lower. Like Josh, I'm with you on Robinhood, but why can't it go from a, a 14 billion dollar valuation or whatever it is down to eight? It could. Oh, it can. I won't. I won't be in it, but it definitely can. Peloton it, could go to six. Why not? Uh, I was in Zoom. I was in Teladoc. I was in a few of these during 2020. Um, all of them look like if they disappeared tomorrow, nobody would care. Like if there was no Zoom. And we just had to use Google Meet. I don't think any corporation would be like, "Shit, I wish Zoom was still around." They, these services seem interchangeable to me. I feel like what for a- bottom fishers, you have to you have to say like, "Listen, these might be incredible opportunities. Like, Zoom might be way higher than it is in three years." But you also have to go into it being like, "It could legitimately fall another forty percent, even though that seems unthinkable. It could happen." It's hard. You know why that's you know why that's so important too because. These were stocks that when you bought them, they could easily go up 40%. 
when they were in that uptrend, you would like you would buy Zoom after it went up a hundred dollars a share and be like, I bet it could go up to another hundred dollars a share, and it would, and there would be no reason for it other than you just could tell that that was the direction. So you have to, if you felt that way on the way up, you have to be fair uh, and say that it could be the same way on the way down, right? Uh, are you trading any of these? Oh, I mean, too many of them, obviously. But uh, okay. yeah, <laughs> I mean, you, for me- You don't short stocks though, do you? No, no, come on. I'm, Dude, I'm he got in 2009. Stuff. He got yeah. in 2009. He's not <laughs> shorting stock. Yeah, how yeah. will Pierce My basis how will is Pierce so high. Ever... It's like, whoa, how would I ever get out? No. Um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, broadly speaking, I think a lot of these uh, Zoom names, maybe no. I mean, I don't think that I bought that the uh, the kind of stay-at-home trade was going to last that long. Um, I think you saw that last summer. That was when the big moment for me was like, oh, wait, people aren't going to be doing this all day, every day. There's no way we can keep going on like this, at least from a valuation perspective. And all of a sudden, like SaaS names were 60, 70, 80 times, you know, and for me, it's all yeah. about like actual revenue. So I'm looking at it from literally like, can this be sustained, you know, you know, the next 20 billion up, the next 40 billion up? Well, Zoom uh, in particular, like their last quarter was not good. Like they, they're, yeah. they, I think they were growing at less than 10%. As soon as you have like the peakiness and can they actually continue to grow? I think that, you know, there's no reason to But I'm looking, at, I'm looking at Teladoc. This stock was $308. It's no, no. 80. I bought it. I bought it at 308. <laughs> what it's, if, it's 80. what if value stocks, what if value stocks crush growth stocks just by virtue of growth stocks spending the whole year? Getting in, a, in a, in a downtrend, like quick, sharp yeah, rally. No, no, I mean, your 20% lower lows. is your 20%, Mike, is based on everybody else just getting destroyed. I think Well, no, not necessarily. Not necessarily. I'm saying I don't think that growth stocks have to get killed, but I think that large value, because small value, if you look at a ratio chart of small value to small growth, that's already running. That already ran away. Large value divided by large growth is still pretty much on the floor. Mm. That hasn't rallied yet. So I'm it's saying that- that ratio can can. It's an up. interesting prediction because it's like an interesting dichotomy to picture a world where this is the year of the metaverse, and you have half the people in America or in the world focused on like buying digital real estate, which we don't have enough time to get into today, and then the other half like looking for real assets and getting crazy bullish on things like Cleveland Cliffs. And commercial metals and uh, all the stocks Campbell that are rallying soup, right now. Campbell soup. Yeah, Campbell soup. It would be interesting to have a world where Campbell like Campbell soup NFTs though. Ha ha right. I want to own Campbell soup because they're throwing off X dollars in cash flow, and this is the dividend, and blah blah blah. And then someone's oh, someone else is like, I want to buy an NFT of Andy Warhol's painting of Campbell soup cans, and both of those trades working. So. I, I guess I guess anything's possible. My prediction is crypto related. I'm saying another 500 billion coming into all things crypto, whether it's startups building stuff or the coins themselves. That's really high. Well, where is the? It's where? What is it now? Is it three trillion? I think venture poured in 30 billion dollars last year into crypto related companies. Yeah, but what is it worth? Not what do they pour in? Well, you're, but you're saying 500 billion comes in and new yeah, you're talking about You're talking about total market cap versus money raised. Yeah. The, what are you saying, Josh? But, no, no, no. The coins themselves is 2 trillion already. Mm -hmm. And let's say yeah. the startups, if you include Coinbase and you include like some of the bigger uh, companies within crypto, right? So let's just say all in, it's two and a half trillion worth of market cap combined. The, the sirens are calling bullshit on you. You think so? Is, it, <laughs> is that the take police? <laughs> the take police is literally there. They're like, Whoa. My, 
Listen, I'm not a thousand percent confident about this, but I feel very strongly that institutions are so horny for anything crypto and they love the term Web3. It makes it even more palatable for them because then they get to pretend they're speaking a different language than their teenage son uh, who's geeking out on this stuff all day. And he's, and and the and the guy who's allocating huge money can just basically be like, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm in, I'm investing in the next uh, internet. It's not it's not coins, dipshit. I, uh, but I would it say is. It's, it's I coins. would say for the 500. I mean, even if we're not thinking about total market cap, just literally private markets getting involved in crypto. I mean, I can tell you, most VCs have such FOMO, and that is like a macro theme is going to be crazy how it plays out because a lot of the most stoic firms are just way late. And they yeah, realize it and they're going to get punched in the face if they're invested. Their LPs are like, what are you doing? How are you avoiding this? And they're just like, well, we're just slow. We're, we're getting around to it. And so, you know, there's a lot of VC firms that are on the sidelines for crypto and then realizing, well, we just raised another $11 billion. We have to put some of this to work in crypto. And that's that follow on effect is is just going to propel it. I, mean, I think 2022 is going to be a crazier year for crypto than 21. And I think we're going to say that every year. Crazier, yeah. So I think I think every year will be crazier because every year it will have gone farther. Yeah, like it will have gotten further into people's real lives, which it is not in anyone's real life right now. No, unless you're a speculator. For it's not. In what way does crypto affect your life? Let's say Bitcoin disappeared tomorrow, like that movie where the Beatles never existed, and the guy like has to write all those Beatles songs again, and people think he's like. The greatest songwriter ever. I like if that Bitcoin, If Bitcoin, if you woke up tomorrow and there was no Bitcoin, in what way would your life be different other than the tickers that you're following on TradingView? Oof. In no way. In no way besides the fact that I wouldn't get invites to ride on my friend's private jets to wherever, you know? Right. So if you're not a speculator, if you're not a speculator, then Bitcoin has absolutely no meaning in your real life. I don't think that will stay the case. I think there's too much money being thrown at it. For somebody like reality, not to find something. Twenty twenty two is like when like the the rubber hits the road. Like we really need to see some actual cases yes. coming into yes. into the forefront. And if we don't see that, there's going to be a kind of a rug pull on a lot of the projects that are just not working out. I agree. With What's that. the most likely use case to emerge among like normal people on Main Street? Not people who are spinning up their own servers. But shopping like is people. like actually. I think shopping is happening. So e commerce across the board, but just. I mean, shopping in, in the metaverse is actually real now, which is kind of cringe to me. But the fact that that is actually happening is is kind of a symptom of what's going to happen first because it's consumer. Like people just want to buy shit and they can do it in a different way. And, you know, who's to, who's to stop them from, you know, logging onto the computer? What is the appeal sudden? for buying non-crypto things with crypto, whether in the metaverse or not? Is it that you're using an appreciated currency and not paying taxes on it because you're spending it rather than selling it? I don't that, think, that I don't think the average consumer is doing tax arbitrage on the, their purchases. But I think that the projects are going to be unique, right? Like you can't buy this stuff in the real world. It's not just going to be like an Amazon purchase. It's going to be an Amazon purchase that has a unique digital scarcity to it or something like that. I think like, the buzzword for 22 seems to be to earn. Like everything is to earn. Like play this game to earn tokens or uh, attend this thing to earn. And I, that's fine. I, that's, I get it. But to earn, to earn tokens, to do what, to buy more crypto with like what it's very, it's still very circular. 
it still well, doesn't seem to have broken out of that. But I, I, I wrote about in our little pre pre show was that, you know, uh, even a few years ago, everybody's buying Rolexes. People still buy people still buy watches, but at the end of the day, you know, how much of this is just clout? Like you're not even doing it because it's scarcity. You're doing it because you can flex. And yeah. I think you have a lot of you have a lot of friends that are like your generation that have made ridiculous, ridiculous amounts of money in the last year or two. Insane. And now they can afford to flex in other digital ways. Right. So they're buying. I mean, you guys saw the story with with Ether Rocks, right? I mean, literally, you can buy a digital pet rock. There's only 100 of them. The floor price on a digital pet rock, I think, is 750 grand. That makes sense. (laughs) That only makes sense is if you won the money. You already won, and you're just flexing now, mm. right? But you, but nobody who earned the money is make is buying that. You had to have won uh, by being. I know by some. Being I know in, some in old school. Some old schoolers who were maybe early, early, early in a lot of projects, but have been grinding it out, tough and tough and tough. And this is a way. For no, no, no. Them that's not show. what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. The people who are buying the people who are buying these things, mm. they didn't like just finish a shift at the diner, bussing tables. And then take that money and 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 buy these no, things no, no. because Agreed. they're not gonna. It's, no you had to have won the money because you bought something in a penny that yeah, went we're all, to. We're a dollar. all winning on a spectrum, Josh. If you think about it, right? So you know you're either winning you know, at, at a fucking you know at Denny's or you're winning speak, the. <laughs> speak, speak for yourself. I'm losing on a spectrum. Uh, all right, listen, we're, we're gonna we're gonna get more more into that in a little while, but I want to keep it moving. Um, I do th- I do think that uh, we had this chart of institutions. Getting into crypto, John. You want to throw that up? So this is Osprey. Uh, full disclosure: I'm a I'm an investor in Osprey, which is a company doing asset management in crypto. This chart is this is actually the block. This this is the blocks chart in a in an Osprey deck. Mike it's McCann, it's very great, metaverse. Great guy. <laughs> uh, crypto companies secured twenty five point one billion in private investment, seventeen hundred total deals. That number is not going down. So my five hundred billion might be. Re- uh, uh, overstating things, but directionally, I think it's bigger this year than than so last year. So twenty five billion was bigger than the six years previous combined, something like that. Why yeah. can't it, why can't it double again this year? There's so much. Mo- there's just so much money for this. So stuff, early. So. so early. It is. It is. It is. It is weird. Where it, it's hard to say it's early, given where prices are. But in terms of adoption, it is super early. So that's that's the paradox that is breaking people's brains. It's like, what do you mean it's early? Look at the prices. It's up 37,000%. Look at all these people getting rich. But how many people are on OpenSea? 10 million? Very few. Is, is it that even, the number? Is it, is it even 10 million? I don't know. It's tiny. I don't know. I know that they're going to do what? Mm, it's like 900 million a month in trading volume. And they just raised at a $13 billion valuation. $13 I didn't, billion valuation. I, I'd invest. Yeah. Oh, that, that, that thing's going up. That thing's still early because they're and it's early and it seems to be the biggest and in a business where network effects are are important, which obviously an exchange is the epitome of a network effects business. Being biggest and first is and almost two point five percent off the top of every transaction. It's almost right. It's almost the whole thing. If you have if you have the critical mass of buyers and sellers on your platform more so than anyone else, you could take that lead and run with it forever. Right, you so almost become unstoppable. So let's let's talk about this, Pierce. You put a chart up about uh, I don't even know what this is. Money supply, whatever. Um, how important is this chart is hilarious is, moni- <laughs> is monetary policy to 
this. In other words, if they raise rates three times, does the party end? I don't know, but I'm open to the idea that it's going to get much more difficult. What do you guys think? I mean, I think that three times rates scares more people than it does stop them from investing. So it's definitely going to be scarier for a lot of people to put an extra, you know, 2.5 billion into the newest crypto VC project. But the fear is not going to slow that down. And broadly speaking, I think the follow on effects are just so, so pent up where people literally just want to buy as much as possible. I think what more, what multiple rate hikes can do is squeeze Peloton from 10 down to six, take Robin from 12 down to seven. I don't think it's going to slow down crypto investment. I think those are sort of two separate, two related, but separate things. We're going to, we're going to find that we're going to find out. We're going to find out. You can't tell me that crypto's coming out party in 2020 is completely divorced from the Fed putting $4 trillion in play. No, it was uh, the treasury. Cash. It was a treasury. But I'm saying in general that, no, the Fed's balance sheet alone, we know what the treasury was doing too. The Fed's balance sheet is $9 trillion. You can't tell me at $6 trillion that there's not less money for crypto. There has to be. There has to be. So they won't get down to $6 trillion anytime soon. But there's a reason... You also can't tell me in 2018, mm. hold on, the Fed was hiking rates in 2018 at the same time as it was letting its balance sheet run off. And I think about $400 billion of a $4.4 trillion balance sheet uh, had, had been shrinking throughout the course of 18, while Fed funds rates are going up a quarter of a basis point every two months. It should, it's no accident that Bitcoin got shit hammered while that was taking place. So I, I think there's a higher correlation to easy money than maybe a lot of Bitcoin enthusiasts want to admit to. That's all I'm saying. But what about you think about like the private or the venture capital, how much how much dry powder they're sitting on? Totally different. It's like legitimately like I think it might be a trillion dollars or something. There's so much money waiting to be deployed. So I don't know that Fed hikes stop that. What it might do, what it probably almost definitely will do is, is just t- kneecap valuations and, and get them in at better prices to these private companies. You almost think that like the coins are going to get wrecked, but the VC backed projects are just going to continue to accelerate. I, I like think that that disconnects wild though, because actually what that means is VCs are just tone deaf. Well, private markets are way easier than public markets, as we learned from all the SPAC blobs. But I think that uh, I, what, what do I think? I don't remember where I was going with that. You can't have you can't have a coin price that's declining in value while the usage of the network is going up. Yes, you can. It's no, you can't. Unless there's unlimited dilution and you're just creating new coins every second of the day. You literally can't. Oh, here's you what can't I was going to say. Go ahead. You can't tell me that Solana is going to see its usage up 100% and the price is going to go down. Why not? If it the can, price went up 40,000%. Because how do you facilitate transactions if the currency isn't large enough to facilitate them? If the price went up 40,000%, it can lose money while adoption grows. Fine. From, from a very extreme place, that's true. Big, bigger picture, you can't be bullish on the usage of one of these protocols and think the price is not going to co- correlate with the amount of usage. What, Very uh, hard to make that here, case. Here's what I forgot I was going to say. I think illiquidity is a beautiful thing. Think about think about how good it felt yesterday or how bad how bad liquid markets felt yesterday. doesn't matter where you went, unless you were in industrials or, or energy stocks. Anything crypto-related, anything high-multiple-related, down 7, 11, 17% on the day, whatever, you know, depending on where you were. If you're in these illiquid projects, you're sleeping okay. Pierce, I want to write an app for TradingView mm-hmm. where I can, like, you, you pay me a subscription 
and I can freeze your screen at yesterday's prices. Uh, <laughs> and, you could pre- and you could pretend all the shit that you bought is private equity. What do we call it? Sleep well. <laughs> Sleep well, well asset I, management. I was, I was thinking about this yesterday. Like, oh, private equity only kept pace with the S&P 500 for the last 10 years, and you didn't have your liquidity. Good. I think that's awesome. I mean, yeah, obviously- liquidity is, liquidity is overrated on days like yesterday where, where, where everything, is, everything is bright red. And then these guys with venture-backed startups with no ticker symbols, they're like, I'll take the liquidity. No problem. Sleep well at <laughs> night. Exactly. Yeah, that's good, yeah. Exactly. Uh, th- th- this is crazy. So Tommy Thornton tweeted this yesterday, and this has to be adjusted because obviously the dollar amounts are bigger given that Apple's a $3 trillion market cap now. But he tweeted from Goldman Sachs Prime Brokerage, on a four-day cumulative basis, the dollar net selling from December 30th to January 4th in U.S. Infotech stocks was the largest on our record. So selling in, in tech stocks, like net selling, uh, I, it doesn't surprise me. Just look at prices. Yeah. You had you you had Nvidia come down from I don't know three twenty five to two seventy five oh, in like five bad, in five days, but that's a like huge these, market cap. True, true. Yeah, like these HubSpot names. I mean, like the more crazy SaaS names that are down like 60 percent in a matter of days. DraftKings, Zillow. Oh, are they, they, they just got and they're not even tech. They? They're not oh, even DraftKings. Yeah, New York, New York, New York. We're back. Let's go. Um, We're betting. Finally, yeah. Uh, TikTok overtakes Google. Are you are you active on TikTok, Pierce? Are you doing no, this various routines and dances? Well, that's why I was going to ask you guys because because you're the ones that actually have the kids that are probably doing the dances around the house, and and I can't figure out how I miss this, or at least am I that boomer now where like there's a completely different trend or like the you know tech is a track, but then there's subtracks that I'm just not even aware of. But I mean the fact that. TikTok is now larger than Google from a traffic perspective is just boggling to me. And it makes me think like, what is it that people really want? And from the internet at the end of the day, just like massive amounts of content, just like free based, like literally right into your face. But I guess like how, how is this being compiled to, to arrive at that? Because if you look at how kids actually use TikTok, they're just scrolling through it in between, like when they're on an elevator they don't know like how to just look forward and look at a wall. Mm. They just can't do that. Or my daughter and her friends sit in my car. If they're not talking to each other, they're each individually in their own TikTok feed, which hmm. is great because you get to hear all five songs at once. I love that. Um, <laughs> but like that's how they're using it. That's not how a, a Google user is not scrolling meaninglessly through so you the think content. Maybe the traffic, Google user is deliberate. Right. The traffic is actually kind of dumb. Like it's, it's not, Google, it's Google traffic is still very, very helpful or generally speaking more net value than a tr- like a TikTok traffic. Yeah, I, I think it's just it's, it's, a uh, more, it's a more deliberate usage um, scrolling through TikTok. Look, I know they can place ads in and, and, and make a lot of money. I just don't think it's a good comp to the way that people are using uh, any Google. And by the way, Google has eight different apps or services that are a billion dollars each. There's no other company in the world that has eight verticals, each doing a billion dollars in, in revenue. So I, I, don't, I don't foresee TikTok uh, as, as ever getting to the point where it's more meaningful than Google, but I would agree they have everyone's attention. Like Yeah, it every just shocks me in general. I mean, you could launch brand. a f-ing company in 2018 and all of a sudden it's bigger than a 20-year-old like, you know, mainstream tech stock. And this company isn't even public yet. 
Um, and so the, the speed really at which this thing is accelerated is like, that's what caught me off guard. They're really good at keeping you watching. Um, the algorithm that figures out what you're into and then just keeps showing you more and more of it and you never leave. That's like, that's extremely powerful. Um, and I've said it before and I'll say it again. The only exposure I get to TikTok is through Sam Rose uh, Instagram. On Instagram. Yeah. He's my gateway. So, uh, he's all I need. Wait yeah. till Kobe has Highlights. a phone. Yeah, I know. Assuming TikTok's still around, you'll have 24 hour a day exposure. All right. Uh, Elizabeth Holmes this week. Uh, I had a really bad take that people got mad at me and I, I ended up deleting an Instagram post, but I still kind of feel this way. I just didn't want to listen to people's bullshit anymore. But my bullshit was that she's being treated differently than a lot of other people who were kind of doing the same thing. And maybe we could attribute some of that to the fact that she's a girl. What? Is that a very bad take? My knee-jerk reaction, I think it's an awful take, but I, I want to hear you out, but here's my knee-jerk reaction. I'm willing to change my mind. My I'm saying she's guilty, by the way. I'm not I, saying okay. she's an angel. No, I understand. You're just saying the reaction. The reaction was an overreaction because of her gender. Look what they did to Adam Newman, who, by the way, He's did not- He's fine. He's fucking fine. She's going to jail for 20 years. What are you saying? That's my point. You're saying my point. No, no. I'm so are you are you saying the legal courts or the court of public opinion? Because I think that Adam Newman, the story was never a never-ending saga. And all that he did, maybe not all that he did, was he spent lavishly and he was a scumbag. No, he was double dealing his own investors. I said he was a scumbag. Right. Okay, but that's but that's I mean, a it was massive. Basically we're both talking fraud, right? It's a massive conflict. You have a fiduciary medical, duty to your shareholders. Stop. Medical fraud is stop. is medical fraud is way different so, okay. than selling we That's to your why own people company. got mad at me. That's why no no no. That's why people got mad at me because people were like, dude. It's medical fraud. Because I was like, all right, look at Travis at Uber. He's basically putting people into unlicensed taxis knowingly, uh, that the rules are not that you can do that. And he's just like well, eventually this will get popular enough that they'll rewrite the laws. Okay, that's a version. Another version is Adam Newman. Another version is uh, another version is Tesla, where it's like we have full self-driving capabilities, and then like people fucking die, and it's like, all right, well, I didn't. I guess I didn't mean that term. It's not really, you know, a lot of promising. A lot of we're about to have this. This is definitely coming. This will definitely work. She happened to have been doing so in a way that is really risking people's actual lives. And so from that standpoint, she's way worse. And by the way, hold on, hold on. Just, just let me give you now. The Tesla people dying, that was like a very, that was a tiny thing. It's not like, it's not like Elon was killing people. A few, there was a few accidents. My guy, people die. Like air, airlines killed people. We didn't ban planes. I'm with you on that. I'm just trying to say, I'm just trying to set the record straight. You're not accusing Elon of murdering people with his cars. No, no, no. And I, and I don't think that she was doing that. And I don't think there's a trail of bodies behind her. There could have been. If, if this thing had gotten more widespread and people had their medical results fudged, absolutely. It's, it's all bad. And a jury, unfortunately, the jury did not convict her or find her guilty on any of that. She had three counts of wire fraud. That's it. There was nothing, there was nothing in there about patients. Before, it, yeah. This was about investors. So my point was not that what she did is fine. I'm not saying that. My point was if this is about investors – well, she ain't the first and ain't going to be the last person to put on a black turtleneck and bullshit everybody in the room to give her money. And some of these counts, she could do 20. I don't think she will. She could do up to 20 years for some of these wire fraud counts. Pierce, what's your take? No, I mean, I think that Bail she me got, out. 
She got taken to the <laughs> she got taken to the cleaners, but I would say she got taken to the cleaners because the people on the other side of the table are people that really got fleeced and have a lot of money to be pissed off. The thing and is powerful. General or Secretary of State in there. Wasn't in a lot of other cases, people. I don't think that there was people, you know, in like Tess's example, like somebody that dies in a car crash doesn't have the same firepower that like a 20-year, you know, billionaire VC or former Secretary of State can pull. And so they're pulling all sorts of strings and stuff because, you know, they got fleeced and they look really bad. Like, let's be honest, they look really bad. More than Maybe. anything, more than her, they look way worse. The only uh, person Adam Newman was conning is SoftBank and everybody cons them. SoftBank they and like a bunch to. of real estate developers in New York. Like yeah. besides that, it's all good. The carousel keeps turning. Like Henry, one, Ki- Henry, Kissinger, Henry Kissinger, Jim Mattis. I mean, yeah. everybody. George, general Jim Mattis. Yeah, George Schultz. <laughs> In any case, George you don't want General Jim Mattis like breathing down your neck. Like, there's no way you want. She to humiliated. Like she humiliated them. There you go. Because when the initial criticism about what she was doing surfaced, they like put them. They like went to bat for her. Not all of them, but some of them. What's a what's that guy? Uh, the venture capital guy that was like her. Tim Draper. Uh, Tim Draper. Draper. Yeah. I mean, Dra- Draper. Draper. Coach Lakota. Yeah. Yeah. Bunch of guys. Draper humiliated him. He got was humiliated by her. Yeah. So bad, I don't know what I was trying scene. to say. I I'm just I'm just saying. Of course, what she did is wrong, and she should be punished. I just wonder why so many other people were able to fake it till they made it, and 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 why she's being treated that much. But maybe the answer is she didn't because make it. it's medical. Because it's medical. And because no, she yeah, that. maybe she didn't make it. Yeah. Oh, she did make it. Do you think they would have even looked back at this at all? No. Here's an alternate universe. Here's an alternate universe. She sits down with the other low lives at the company who know what they're doing is bullshit, and they come up with a way to pivot into something diagnostic Electric that they cars, actually sure. can do. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> and then they call Walgreens and they say, we've detected flaws in the product that we shipped you. However, here's something that we can actually have these machines do, and everybody saves face Nobody's embarrassed, and we're just going to do this pivot, and we'll announce to the press that we've learned from our early trials, and our new equipment is better, and maybe we'll take a valuation hit on the next round of money. But like in that alternate universe, where she pivots to something else, she could like still be running the company. A lot of of these guys did that. It's saving face. It's saving face for VC. Like you didn't get a bad exit. But you did, you know, you did okay. Like something happened there. It was kind of messy, but then shove it under the carpet. Who cares? Speaking of pivot. Yeah. Uh, I just saw this headline. GameStop will, G- GameStop shares surge on report. It will create NFT marketplace. GameStop's up 27% right now. Is it real? Wait, what are they doing? NFTs. Literally. It's up 27% in the after hours. <laughs> what oh, the I would fade. I would fade that. Mike, did you cover our short in GameStop? No, no, no I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a joke, obviously. Uh, l- podcast l- l- over. <laughs> Full disclosure. <laughs> podcast over. Sell the equipment, Duncan. What's short interest in this thing? Oh, My golly. Got to be 20, 25%. Wait, so does somebody like Melvin double down on something that they get so wrecked in? Are they even Sh- allowed to? No, shorts, shorts are wiped out. Completely. Yeah. I think though I think though what what a lot of shorts did though is they they skipped the equity and they got into the options. Oh, I forgot about this. You're, that's a good point. But I forgot about this. Remember the whole catastrophe last year? How could there be more shares sold uh, shares sold short than shares outstanding? The percent was over 100. Um, now it's down to 11, but still high. That's a lot. 11% is a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Still a lot. Oof, Ugh. wrecked. 
I would uh, fade. I would if this thing opens up twenty seven percent on sure. NFT no news. Way. I would fade yeah. it. Well, here's the thing: didn't didn't OpenSea just raise today? Like, how are they going to compete with these guys? Like, there's no way. Doesn't matter. They're like specialists in NFT. Well, the guy, the guy knows how to build a web business. What's his name? Ryan, whatever the the new CEO, college, the chewy guy that everybody's horny for. He he has done this All right, before. Listen, I, was gonna, I was going to I let the first horny slide. That's two in one podcast. My my bad. <laughs> Uh, what was the last thing we were gonna do? Oh, this kid's house. Uh, Brian Armstrong, the founder of Coinbase. Oh my God! How do you, John? John, can we put this up? I know he's not the he's not the only person with a lavish lifestyle or a giant house, but like he has. I've been to the Winklevoss Twins' place in Miami, and dude, it's insane. It's the exact same situation. Why did you ever leave? You should have. You just should have just taken up residence in there. (laughs) You could. You could be security. (laughs) I probably should have been. I've seen those yeah, guys with their security at a conference once. They, yeah. I mean, they're right to have security. They are two of the wealthiest people in the world and very well known and very hard to mis- mistake for someone else. So $133 million. Take a Hold price. On, let, me, let me read this. Brian Armstrong, Coinbase Chief Executive Officer Brian Armstrong, is the buyer of a $133 million Los Angeles estate. Uh, the seller was a Japanese entrepreneur, but the Japanese entrepreneur actually bought it from the the family that founded Seagram's wow. um, before that. So this is 70 acres. Uh, excuse me. What are they saying about this? 19,000 square feet. Minimalist style mansion. Minimalist. Uh, yeah, minimalist. It has a theater, a gym, a spa, a double height dining room. This thing is dope. Uh, this, I mean, what's cool is that this money is coming into the real economy. Right, like this. This is coin. Um, this is Coinbase money made as a result of Bitcoin going up in value and people wanting to trade it. But in the end, this is a very old economy move. And why wouldn't it be? There's a limit to how much digital shit you want to buy once you're worth billions. At some of point, dollars. you want a hundred million mansion. You can just chill. True. So, so this is. Uh, I mean, I would say inflation. You could do. Inflation should be included in that as well, right? Like, it's really not 133 million. I mean, <laughs> it's probably like 100 million at the end of the day. In, in Bitcoin, in Bitcoin terms, in Bitcoin terms. exactly. Uh, what are you going to do when you cash out all your trading view stock? Is that going to be a big moment for you? Oh, island! Definitely got to have an island. Got to have an island. I mean, you, you okay. listen to the song, right? Can we play that yeah. as an outro? I was thinking that uh, way too. No, no. I mean, got to have, got to have a nice. Nice well, time out. But you, but, but you guys are on fire. So you raised money from Tiger. LOL, who didn't? Uh, I might have. <laughs> I, I have to check. Uh, no, but but you guys are now funded to do what? What are you gonna What are you gonna do in in twenty two? You making acquisitions or are you gonna start marketing more? What are you gonna do with the money? Uh, all of the above. I mean, broadly okay. speaking, we've we've been looking at companies for a long time. I mean, funny enough, people don't actually know, but we've been profitable since day one. Because the founders are actually repeat founders. They launched a company before this, and they used that money to kind of um, start the business, kick the start the business. So they never even took a salary. And then since then, it's been profitable. But, I mean, the reason for the cash is how fast can we grow? Okay. Um, and, like, we're growing hundreds of percents in various markets. But there are other markets where we're, you know, slow and steady. I mean, in the U.S., last year, we did about 120% year-over-year growth. That's Which it? is nice. But could we do 500%? Growth and in so, what? Growth in uh, user base? Top Growth line. in engagement? Oh, revenue. Yeah. Okay. What? Where's the revenue coming from? Subscriptions and ads? Yeah, people are literally buying subscriptions as if it's a Netflix. You know? I mean, that's that's kind of the analogy I always use, which is, you know, if you 
if you want to watch content to the nth degree, you got to have a Netflix account. If right, you want to look at markets to the nth degree, you kind of have to have a TradingView account. Of and course. that's where people are at these days. I mean, like people are actually like closing their Netflix. You're saying you're the Netflix, you're the Netflix of trading. I don't hate that. I like that. That's I, that's I a big headline. No, he's the they're the Theranos of trading. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> oh my god. They're the Coinbase of Theranos. The I, listen, I, <laughs> I think you guys I think you guys have a lot of runway. Um at a certain point you run out of investors who haven't heard of you yet, which is how a lot of financial startup-y things Eventually, the growth slows down, but I don't think you're anywhere near that. I feel like TradingView is so early. Like in the United States, unless – I mean, I, I Pierce, we spoke about this. I might be way off, but like I, I, I was blown away that you're number two website. I feel like you're not spoken about relative to how big you are here. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, this is the thing is like this is where I'm wearing like Midwest gear because that's our people. I mean, we're like – you know, if the dentists and doctors are trading in their off time, they're using TradingView. You don't hear about it right. on Wall Street because people are using Bloomberg's. And right. we're never going to mm-hmm. compete with a Bloomberg. So. Right. It's the everyday, it's the everyday platform, everyday service. And and to be honest, you know, only 40% of our business is is in North America. Now, why don't you own a brokerage yet? Is that too incestuous to start executing orders? Like in other words, people research stuff on your platform. Mm -hmm. What if they just want to press a button on a chart and have a trade go into their account? How how have you not gotten there yet? (laughs) Well, the thing is, is we we need all the brokerages to be our partners. And so okay. if you start competing with that business head to head, how does that make any financial sense, right? So okay. rather than rather than launch, we we'd rather just partner with everybody. And we're one of the businesses that I run under under the the business side of things is our integrations business. We have 35 different brokers integrated and some oh, wow. some ones that you guys will actually be users of quite soon, but we start internationally. So like if I was in well, you guys know like TradeStation so TradeStation is integrated to TradingView. And in fact, it is actually a core feature that, that they sell to their customers that you could use TradingView to then trade. And so if I don't need to sign into TradeStation, I can just do everything from TradingView. I mean, doesn't that make everybody's life easier? At the it end of should, the day, go, rather than it should go both ways. Going like back and forth. Like, what's the point? So we're using so their when trading. They're logged in, wait, when they're logged into TradeStation, they have access to TradingView data and charts. Vice versa. When they're logged into TradingView, they have access to trade stations, order management, and uh, tickets and portfolio that management. That makes et a lot of sense. Well, as yeah. a user of the charts, I love it. The, it's a, it's a great product. Yeah, well, I got a I gotta, long runway ahead. Bullish. I got to I got to check this out. Let's do favorites, and then we'll uh, then we'll let you get out of here and, and catch some Omicron of your own. So, oh, I wanted to mention a little White Lotus development. Are you a White Lotus guy, Pierce? Like Michael and I'm I not, are. I'm not. Should right. I be? I don't oh really don't know anything about you it. You would love it. You would really, it's because it's comedy. I don't comedy. know, dude. He started trading in 2009. It might not be for him. No, he would love it. <laughs> no, because Pierce has a great sense of humor. It's comedy and it's it's fun. You, you'd be it's into it. Du- it's dark comedy. It's awesome. All right. It's so like I'll just briefly, yeah. I'll briefly mention that okay. it's been announced. Michael Imperioli from The Sopranos is going to be prominently featured in season two. And Anybody he's else? Awesome. Christopher. He's awesome. They didn't mention anybody else, but they mentioned wow. some of the older castmates are coming- some of the season one regulators are coming back. Regulars are coming back. So I don't really know what that means. I don't think Imperioli's playing a mobster. I think he's just playing a regular dude that's on vacation. But uh, he's a great actor. He's unintentionally hilarious in almost every scene he's in. I'm back. So that's, that's, a, that's, a huge, that's a huge get. Can't wait to see it. All right, let's do favorites. Pierce, what have you brought us today? 
Uh, in terms of what I'm reading or bro- like broadcasting, etc. Yeah, give it to uh, me. I mean, have you guys seen Dune, the new Dune? Yeah, I watched in it. What'd you think of it? What'd I you think of it? Theaters. You miss it in theaters? I'm, well, I'm, 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 I'm an, an idiot. HBO Max. I'm an idiot. I should have oh, I know. So you got to go theater. Um, well, so I read the books uh, a while ago, and I'm actually rereading them now. Okay. And I don't know. I mean, this may be like like a tech cliche, but there's something so insane about somebody who could build this whole world and the depth and level of complexity they could put into it. And rereading it, I'm like, you know, I read it when I was a kid and I'm realizing, no, no, this guy is absolutely nuts. And, uh, and so the, the books author, are great. The author. Yeah. The author, Frank Herbert. So the books are great. And, and broadly speaking, it makes me want to watch the next, the next movie, like as soon as it comes out. Um, was this a hit? Will there be another one? Huge hit. Huge hit. Yeah, they were, they were financially. Not- they already announced part two. Oh, I don't know because it went to HBO Max, but they they already announced the second one. Although I don't no, know it did, box it did office. Well. It did well. I think it did, I did well. It did well. I do know that Spider Man is like number one in the world, though. Right? Did a billion? Like, yeah. Like opening I, weekend. I loved uh, the new Spider Man movie. Yeah, I loved. I yeah. I, I loved everything about it. You didn't like it? No, I did. I went to the theater. For oh it. yeah. Dune, I went to the theater to see it, and I'm so glad I did. Dune hmm. did over 100 million dollars in the United States and Canada. Oh, th- oh, 400 million globally. So huge success. Well, how much did it cost to make, though? Probably a hundred. <laughs> I, I know I'm asking questions that don't matter anymore. Yeah, that, that, that used to matter. Dude, interest uh, rates are at zero. Stop. Yeah. yeah All right. you- Although, if the Fed raises rates three times, Dune Two might be off the table. You watched? Uh, you watched? Oof. Don't look up. Yeah, yeah. Don't look up. I mean, I didn't love what did you guys think? I think I that was it. super mixed. I was also. Very I wanted confused. to love. I wanted to love it, but I was like, "That's Leo. What? What the? F-? Like, what happened there? Yeah. But he, was, no. he was not. He was, was not great. that funny. It was not that funny. That was the. It was a good premise, and then it was very heavy-handed and political. Do you think that a lot of like the people, kind of LA type, you know, long timers, are realizing that they haven't really done much for the world, and they're kind of like, man, we should do a movie that's like giving back, and then like throw all these weird platitudes in, and you realize, man, it's so heavy-handed. And what what are you really trying to do? Are you trying to help, or are you just like doing a shitty movie? <laughs> was so Adam shitty. Adam McKay is a great filmmaker. This is true, just not. True. This is just not among his his best movies. It wasn't it was so star studded too. Like, how do you even mess with a cast that intense? The cast was the cast was really promising, and it just it never Flopped. it never reached the point where you laugh out loud, um, which a lot of his films obviously have. And then it also never reached the point where you were like, "There's anything? There's any new information here?" Like, I think for most people that don't work on Wall Street, when they saw Too Big to Fail. They were their minds were blown. Like, blown. oh wow, this movie really showed me what's going on. Nobody is walking away from this and being like, oh wow, wow this climate change metaphor really is changing my mind on things. You know, <laughs> so I think from from the comedic perspective it failed, and from the political I parts, perspective I thought, I thought it parts, failed. Part, I thought parts of it were funny. I didn't hate as much as you did. I she was, was like, funny. Jennifer Lawrence was funny. I was, like a, I was like a six four, six six. But uh, it's not for us. It's for the kids, right? So yeah, of course. Clearly. And you're going to try to read Soros? Good luck with that. I read that in in my first year on Wall Street. I didn't understand a single sentence. Reflexivity? Of- <laughs> Wait, which, which, which one? Alchemy of Finance. I just, oh, so I, I, I finished, I finished the Dune books and I'm, I'm like going back to some traditional stuff. And Alchemy of Are Finance. Are you in Opus Day? On- this is like a punishment. This is like you're, you're whipping yourself with Alchemy yeah, of Finance purpose. is very tough. I, I, you know what? Like a couple, couple winters ago, I read like a bunch of Dotoevsky. I'm kind of like, this is self sacrifice. There's no way this is going to be sustainable. No, um, don't do that. I yeah. want to talk you out of that Soros book. Read a book about George Soros. Okay. More don't read a book that George Soros wrote, is like what my contribution to. 
you don't have to listen to me, but I, I'm just going to tell you that no, that's, I, I, it, was, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. It's not enjoyable. Um, and I don't know All if right, you're going to get as much out of it as, as, as you hope. Uh, Batnick, what do you got? Ovitz? Love Michael, him. Michael Ovitz did a podcast with uh, Acquired, the guys that Acquired, and talking about, he started, the first 15 minutes are about how Michael Crichton was in a funk and how he got him to write Jurassic Park and got the movie to Spielberg and talking about how he signed uh, Dustin Hoffman, Pacino, and uh, De Niro. And what a story. This guy is a genius. In, 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 and my big takeaway is that life is all about relationships. Like, hard stop, top to bottom, like that's it. This guy is a genius in terms of getting people to work together. And what an amazing businessman. It was just, it was so, so, so good. I had that same takeaway from the, the David, the, the David Geffen uh, podcast documentary, like how important connect uh, connections and relationships are. It's everything. It really is everything, which is why uh, our connection with Pierce is so strong mm-hmm. and, and so sacred. Uh, what did I bring? Oh, so I love going to the movies, it turns out, like the actual theater. I'm, I'm like into it again. And Sprinkles is too. And we go at like Dude. 1030 in the morning. On the weekend. My Dune experience was awesome. Like, I haven't I been to the theater it. in so long. Oh, you're preaching, like, you're preaching the choir. Okay. Okay. Well, and nobody else fans. is there. I go by myself. Nobody, nobody realizes even. I don't even people what know. Did you, Josh, what did you see with Shari? I saw House of Gucci. She, you know, Shari's like big fashion. Like, she she had no idea anything about all these Italian brands in the 60s and 70s, how they became global and how crazy shit was. Wow. So that was yeah. a great movie. Adam Driver steals it. Well, he doesn't steal it. He's the lead. And Lady Gaga is the female lead. And they're basically like the next generation of the House of Gucci, uh, two generations after the founder. And things go nuts. Uh, By I, the I way, speaking, was, speaking of Madam Driver, the last duel was amazing. So I haven't seen that yet. Don't don't spoil five that. Mi- I saw, five million at the box office. I saw Licorice Bomb. Pizza. I thought, uh, I thought that was a good movie theater movie. Also, nobody in the theater. Um, I love the filmmaker. The same guy that made – it's Paul Thomas Anderson who made Boogie Nights – which I think is one of the best movies of all time. Uh, this was about an hour too long, I would say, <laughs> but but it was three hours. So this would have been a great two. This would have been a great two hour movie. I get what he was. He was trying to recreate his childhood, basically, like the the scene for, that he remembers in his mind of growing up yeah, in the valley like his in the seventies. Of his kids, like I mean, of his right. Yeah. It was okay. I wouldn't not. I wouldn't not see it if you're a Paul Thomas An- uh, Anderson fan. You will like it, but if you're just like casual. You're not into it. I'm out on Paul uh, Thomas Anderson. Sorry. Uh, new Spider-Man was amazing. I don't even want to talk about it. I just think people should go see it. Uh, I like the how. They, so I I haven't seen it yet, and I'm yeah, trying right. to avoid talking about it. Um, the good news is nobody's talking about it. Well, it wasn't. <laughs> it was. It was not. Good. Nobody. It was not good, but it was not as terrible as I thought it would be. Really? Okay. Well, you, That's promising. Yeah, I'm, was, still gonna, I'm still going to watch it. I, I love I, The Matrix. I thought it was watchable. The, the last half was really bad, but it was watchable. Uh, one last thing. Netflix just put Darkest Hour uh, on on the, on the whatever they call it, on the main screen. This is like one of the greatest movies about history you could ever watch. I forgot how good it was, um, but I happen to be reading a Churchill uh, book. Gary Oldman's then, the best. So he won. He won uh, best actor for this. Yeah, so I think it was good. in seventeen. Anyway, so if you're a Netflix sub and you haven't seen Darkest Hour yet, this is like as good as it gets as far as a movie based on uh, history. All right, that's all I got this week. Anything else that we want to get to, or I thought to this, go? Pierce, this you were great. This worked for a remote first time. Pierce for is remote. the man. I gotta, I gotta check out the actual office scene though. I feel like we're all relaxed. We're kicked back. We're hanging out in the office. 
So. Yeah, we get drunk too. We're gonna we're gonna have you come. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna have you come. We're gonna we're gonna have you come this spring. No, I was gonna say we should get steaks afterwards, but we're gonna do all the things. We're gonna do all, all right. the things. All right. We're gonna have you come this spring once yeah. uh, once we have herd immunity. So that's right. the plan, and uh, and we'll make it happen. All right. Special thanks to Pierce Crosby. Where do we want people to follow you? You're on Twitter, uh, Tinder. Sure. I mentioned. Where else? TikTok. Where else? TikTok. No, where where are you really? What are you doing? No, I, I hang out on Twitter all the time, and it's funny. Like, I mean, especially in the crypto world. What's your Twitter, on Twitter handle? At Crosby Ventures. Yeah, that's me. That's you. All right, at yep. Crosby Ventures on Twitter. Pierce is the man. Look for him uh, anywhere you see Trading View. Pierce is the guy behind the scenes pulling all the the, uh, the strings. So thank you so much for coming on. We miss you. We'll do this live soon. Michael, great job today. Uh, you did the show with COVID. We're all very impressed. Not to brag. Uh, we're all very proud of you. You did a great job. You're very asymptomatic. Your eyes are, are indeed very glassy. But <laughs> I thought I thought this was one of your best shows. So, attaboy. All right, Duncan, good job. John, good job at the Audible. If you are into the latest in financial blogger fashion, Who check isn't? out check out our apparel at idontshop.com. idontshop.com. New Animal Spirits coming Monday. New Animal Spirits coming Wednesday. And don't forget to check out the Compound and Friends clips from today's show, which we're going to post at youtube.com slash the compound RWM. See you next week, everybody. All right. Are you warmed up? You want to do this for real? You feel like the, you feel like the dry run went, went okay? Is everything you want to do yeah, differently? Round two, let's go. Let's go. One more coffee, I'll be there.